Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Digsies, and big news has just dropped across all platforms. Uh, Live Golf is expecting their players to earn world ranking points this week in their sixth event in Thailand, uh, Live Golf International Bangkok at Stonehill, and it looks to be promising. It looks to be very exciting, but I do want to note that the official world golf rankings haven't made a statement. They haven't came out and agree uh, agreed with Live Golf and said we're going to give Live Golf world ranking points for this week. So Live Golf right now thinks they're getting world ranking points. It very well looks like they're going to get world ranking points. But until we hear it from the horse's mouth, until the official World Golf rankings come out and concurs to that statement, um, we have to be a little skeptical here. Now, let's take a step back and look at how we got to this point. Now, the Live Golf Tour um, has came to an agreement with the MENA Tour, M-E-N-A. It stands for Middle East and North Africa Tour. Okay, that tour has been around and been getting world ranking points since 2016. So it is a member of the official World Golf Rankings. It gets world ranking points when it's being played. Now, the tour hasn't been played since COVID hit in 2020. So the tour, the last tour it looks like was played was sometime in May of 2020. So this tour hasn't played in over two years, but the Minotaur submitted um, to the uh, official World Golf Rankings Board that the Live Thailand field will be entrance in one of its events, and you know they're just trying to calculate how many world ranking points they will get now. So the MENA Tour is saying that their first event back since COVID is going to be the Live Golf Invitational event in Bangkok this week. That being said, if the official World Golf Rankings agree to that, Live Golf will finally get official World Golf Ranking points. So honestly, it's a very smart move by Live. At first, they signed on with the Asian Tour. They're using the Asian Tour as a sort of de- uh, developmental tour for Live. The top three players in the uh, International Series Order of Merit a few weeks ago got entrance, got got get gained entry into the final Live Golf events of the year. Uh, we saw that with uh, Scott Vincent, uh, Kung Mat Wai, um, and I think Siwon Kim, um, if I'm not mistaken. Those three guys got, um, you know, gained a- access to the final Live Golf events for the year. And as of right now, as it stands, at the end of the Asian Tour season at the end of this year 2022 the leader of the international series order of merit will get a full exemption into the live golf events for 2023 so as that stands right now it's scott vincent and i believe there also will be some sort of playoff q school qualifying um, event to get some other guys from the asian tour into live golf for next year so right now live golf they're truly trying to make it a world game a global tour they have agreements with the asian tour we've known about that all year and now they came to an agreement with the mina tour m-e-n-a tour uh, which will get them world ranking points so it's very interesting to see 
if they will get the world ranking points. And they were going to announce it this week, but Brooks Kepka's wife, Jenna Sims, she broke the news. She took a picture of all 48 golfers on stage and said, these guys are gaining world ranking points this year. So we shall see how many world ranking points it gets because the way the world rankings are set, it's pretty much everything's weighted for the PGA Tour. If you win a PGA Tour event, you're getting a ton of points. If you win an Asian Tour event or even a European Tour event, you're not even getting close to the amount of points. Now, looking back, so far this year, you had Max Homer win the Fortinet. He got 40 official World Golf ranking points. Mackenzie Hughes won the last event. He got 35.6 World Ranking points. Now, looking at the Asian Tour, friend of the podcast, Travis Smythe, He won the Yanger TPC a couple of weeks ago, and he got 2.28 points, 2.28 world ranking points. That is horrible. You win an international tournament on an international tour, and you only get two points when people on the PGA Tour is getting 40, 35 points. Horrendous. Horrible. They need to fix that. But I will say, Diggsy's called it. I said at the the episode that we interviewed Travis Smythe, at the end of that episode, I called it on air. I said, I guarantee you that Travis Smythe will win one of the Asian Tour events this year. And a couple of months later, he does so. So he won his first Asian Tour event. Um, It got him back into, I believe he's fourth now in the International Series Order of Merit. Um, And he has a good chance now if he wins another event, they have have the um, a few other international series in Morocco and Egypt. If he wins one of those events, he very well could earn that first spot onto the Live Golf Tour for 2023. So that's very exciting. Congratulations to Travis. Now, looking back at the world ranking points, Shin, Shin Chan won the last event, the Taiwan Masters, and same thing, 2.28 points, world ranking points. So the past two winners on the Asian tour, both of them have only gotten 2.28 world ranking points. Horrible. Now looking onto the European tour, the last three winners, you had Ryan Fox, 31 points, Robert McIntyre um, in Paris, he won 20, uh, I'm sorry, Robert McIntyre won in Italy, 24 points, and Guido Migalozzi won 18.4 points in France. Now Ryan Fox got 31 points, that was at the Alfred Dunhill Invitational at St. Andrews. Every single year that has a great field, the strength of the field is high. You know, just looking at right now, you had in the top 10, you had Alex Norin, Rory McIlroy, Terrell Hatton, Billy Horschel came in 10th, Louis Oosheisen, Patrick Harrington, Matthew Fitzpatrick, the recent uh, U.S. Open champion, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Francisco Molinari, a former Open champion. Um, So that's a great field. Okay, he earned 31 points. That's why he got 31 points. But, you know, looking at 18 points for the French Open, 24 points for the Italian Open, you know, that's almost you know, half of what they're getting on the PGA Tour. Now, I don't know what the points will look like when the uh, official World Golf ranking decides how many points the live golfers will get because all the live golfers have been, you know, moving down on the world rankings since they signed up for live back in June. The original guys have moved down. Now, you still got Cameron Smith. He's in third place. Okay, but other than him, there's nobody else in the top 20. 
Okay, you got Dustin Johnson, who's 23rd, Abraham Anser, who's 24, and Brooks Kepka's 32nd, Usheisen's 34th, Kevin Nas 35, Gooch is 39, Paul Casey's 40, Coke Rack's 44, Harold Vaughn is 46, Bryson's 48. And that does it for the top 50 of the official World Golf Rankings for Lib Golfers. So now looking at the Alfred Dunhill Links Open, you had eight guys in the top 50 of the official World Golf Rankings as of today. Um, as of when the tournament started, check that. Now with Live Golf, you have 11 golfers that are in the top 50 before the tournament kicks off in Bangkok this week. So... In regards to the top 50, you have a stronger strength of field. But the downside, you only have 48 golfers participating in Live Golf. They're only playing three rounds compared to four rounds in the uh, uh, Alfred Dunhill Championship. Plus, there's no cut. So I'm sure they'll take that into effect as well. But I honestly feel like you can't be giving them only 2.28 points like they do on the Asian Tour. That is absurd. Are they going to get 31 points like Ryan Fox got winning the Alfred Dunhill? Probably not. Will it be closer to the Italian Open and the French Open? You know, 18.4 that uh, Migalazzi got or 24 that McIntyre got? I would think a little bit less. I would say, if I had to guess, I would say the winner of Live Golf Bangkok should get anywhere from 10 to 12, maybe 15 points. Now, anything less than that is a complete slap in the face, and it's it's a complete joke because we all know, you know, you got the third best player in the world with Cameron Smith, and if DJ was getting world ranking points since June, he'd be in the top 10 as well. Okay, so you got the two best golfers, the two top 10 golfers in the world right now, and honestly, I said it last episode, I think DJ is a top five golfer in the world right now. So, According to me and according to a lot of other people that, you know, love the game and can really see between the lines and not be blurred by the the hate and uh, the divisiveness that we're getting right now between PGA and Liv, you got two of the top five golfers in the world, DJ and Cam Smith. If you're going to turn around and say the winner of this event is only getting two, three, four, five official world golf ranking points for winning the event... It's ridiculous, and something needs to be changed. They need to look into the official World Golf Rankings, and they need to make sweeping changes. The winner of Live Golf Bangkok should get anywhere. I, I, I would If they turn around and they get 20 points, I would be more than happy with that. But being realistic, the way I see the official World Golf Rankings, you know, weighting the events in the United States compared to Europe, compared to Asia... I think anywhere from 10 to 15, uh, I think Liv should be happy with that. And, you know, the longer it goes on, the more official World Golf ranking points they get. The players will go up the standings. The strength of field will get harder. And the players will gain more points. But, you know, 10, 15 points, I think that's where they need to end up. Hopefully it will be more. But at the end of the day, let's all be happy. Hopefully this comes to fruition and Live Golf is getting official World Golf Ranking points. I'm sure that the official World Golf Ranking Committee needs to make a statement before they kick off Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday at Bangkok. And uh, yeah, I think we'll get a statement very shortly from them.
Now, moving on to other big news, uh, we got the official World Golf Ranking news that just dropped, something I, that I've been working on for the past um, week or so. I do have another big-time guest lined up. We are just working things out. Hopefully, I spoke with one of the players' uh, representatives, and uh, I, I fully believe that we're going to get him on the show. It will be our biggest guest to date. Um, it might. I, I'm hoping to get him for the 10th episode. Right now, this is episode 9, episode 10. That will be a nice uh, way to a 10th episode to have a nice huge guest. Um, but it might be a little hard because they're in Bangkok this week, Jeddah next week. Um, but after the event in Jeddah, they do have one week before the event in Miami. Even once the Miami event, they're back stateside. It won't be too much of a time difference. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping that we get this big time guest for the 10th episode, if not the 11th episode. But now looking over to the President's Cup, um, pretty much it ended the same way I thought it would be, a, a snooze fest. Uh, Team USA completely dominated um, round one, four, one. After round two, it was eight, two. After round three, it was 10-4. Uh, round four, the four-ball event, the international team came back a little bit. They won three out of the four events. But going into Sunday singles, a four-point margin, that's pretty hard to come back from, um, even though we've seen two Ryder Cup teams do that before. Uh, the 2012 Ryder Cup, when uh, Europe came back to stun USA at Medina, and then the Americans overcame that to win the 99 Ryder Cup at Brookline. Um, but I, I honestly feel that Trevor Immelman really dropped the ball with his Sunday lineup. Um, he had Tom Kim, one of the top golfers on the international side, going out 10th um, instead of in the top three. I, honestly, you had JT going out first for the American side. Um, Siwoo Kim beat him, so Obviously, that was a good pick, but then you had Jordan Spieth going next. I would have had Tom Kim going out next because you would have started with Siwoo Kim, Tom Kim, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, and then Sebastian Munoz. You know, you could have had, you know, uh, you win five of those matches right there. You know, you're putting some pressure on Team USA. If Team USA looks up and they see all black on the scoreboard, you know, there's going to be some pressure on them. But Trevor Immelman didn't do that. Um, I think that that was a mistake. But at the end of the day, do you really think that, you know, the international team was going to beat the American team? No. And I honestly feel like they need to start making some changes with this event because it's just, it's pretty much, it's just a way for Team USA to get used to playing team events and to try out pairings before the Ryder Cup the next year because the Ryder Cup is a competitive event. You know, it flip-flops between Europe and U.S. Now, obviously, Europe has dominated the U.S. Uh, before the last, you know, six years, but, you know, Look what happened the last three years. You had USA win, Europe win, USA win. Right now, it's wh whoever's on home home soil is winning the last three Ryder Cups. Um, hopefully, that will change in Italy. And the way Team USA is is uh, made up and stacked right now, it will be hard for Europe to beat them, especially when you're missing the stalwarts like Poulter, Westwood, Casey, uh, Stenson, what have you. Um, but looking at the U.S. side, um, Scott. Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world, he went 0-3-1. Scheffler was not that guy for the Team USA Ryder Cup. Um, Cantlay and Xander, they are a dominant pair together. They are a dominant team. Um, 
they they lost one event, one match. They won three, but they continue to win. Spieth went five and zero. Oh, JT went four and zero, oh, and the man Max Homa four and zero oh on the week. And honestly, Max Homa has came out and put his stamp on this year. And he won the Fortinet back to back tournaments. He won Wells Fargo. He had a great showing at the Presidents Cup. It's easy to say now that Max Homer is one of the top young golfers um, in the world right now because he continues to play well time in time out everybody thought you know he was a joke because of his spats on you know social media this and that but max homer has showed that he is a top golfer and he went all the way from 35th coming into this year in the official world golf rankings all the way he got up to 16th now he's at 17th so Max Homer, man, he's that dude right now. Now, looking at the international side, nobody really played well. Um, Sebastian Munoz did. He went 2-0-1. Uh, Bezenhut went 1-0-1, but everybody else, they they, they didn't play well. Um, Hideki, 1-3-1. Tom Kim, 2-3. Corey Kahn is 0-4. You know, you need your big boys to step up. They didn't. So, again, the President's Cup was a snooze fest. I did say something. I got a lot of backlash because I was complaining about the commercials for the President's Cup. And people were like, oh, because Liv doesn't have commercials? This, that, the. I wasn't saying it because Liv doesn't have commercials. I'm just saying it. You have 10 balls on the course at one time. And you're cutting in and out commercials every three minutes. It's ridiculous. So, uh, honestly, NBC needs to figure things out with the commercials. And, you know, Speaking about TV deals, Live Golf announced that they're going. I don't. I don't know if Live Golf announced it, but it was announced that Live Golf and Fox Sports One have came to an agreement, and Fox Sports One will be airing Live Golf events. I believe starting in 2023. Now it's not a TV deal. Fox Sports One isn't paying Live Golf. It's the other way around. Live Golf is buying time on Fox Sports to show their event. Now, a lot of people are laughing. Oh, you have to pay somebody to to put you on their broadcast network, this, that, the other. But you got to think of it this way. Fox had a big time agreement with the USGA to host and to announce and to show the US Open, the Women's Open, the Senior Open, all the US the USGA amateur, all the big USGA events were on Fox. Fox walked away from that deal because they weren't making money. And this was recent. This was in the past few years. So Fox's recent foray into the golf world wasn't good. So obviously they're not going to turn around and make the same mistake twice and shell out a ton of money for Live Golf to broadcast on their network. Live Golf came to them and said, here, we will pay you for this year to show our event on your network if it works out. I'm, now, I'm, I don't know if this is true, but, you know, Live being smart businessman, Greg Norman being smart businessman, he probably said, look at the ratings, look at the ad buys. I'm sure they'll probably start and have commercials now because they need to start making money somewhere. I know the PIF you know, and the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund has deep pockets, but you know what? Eventually, you need to start bringing in some money. Eventually, you need to start bringing in some revenue. So 
I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't commercials, at least a couple an hour. Um, but they probably went to Fox. Let's see how the ratings are. Let's see how the ad buys are. Let's see what the demographics are. And you know what? If it's going well, next year you have the right, you'll have the first right to buy Live Golf to, broad, to broadcast on your network. So that's what they're probably doing. And not only that, they want to put it on a major cable company because if Fox turns around in 2024 and says, you know what, we're going to pass, now they could bring it to, you know, uh, I don't know, not ESPN, not NBC, not CBS, uh, you know, Fox, they would have to go to some obscure network because, you know, all these other networks are in bed with the PGA and, you know, they, they're not going to want to do business with Liv. So Fox was really the only route they could go, but I honestly think it's a smart move, put it on cable TV have the fans be able to watch it, be able to flip back and forth between that and football or baseball, or basketball, whatever is on at that moment and see how it does. Give it a one year, try out, see how it does. And if it does well, maybe Fox will pay you to air your event or maybe another network comes and swoops in. So I think that is a great deal for Liv and uh, I'm happy that they got it because that's, you know, now being able to watch live on cable TV, you know, you know, there's a lot of boomers out there that, you know, don't know how to use YouTube or Facebook, you know, they'll be able to watch the event now. So um, that is very, very exciting. And uh, personally, I can't wait to watch it on Fox next year. Now, another big news is it seems like there's big news all over the place right now. Rory McIlroy came out and said that he thinks there should be a truce between Live Golf and the PGA Tour. Now, that's big news. That's a big thing to say, especially that Rory was, you know, one of the guys that was talking so much smack about Liv. Um, and, you know, he came out, he said, I've always said, I think there's a time and place where everyone that's involved here should sit down and try to work together. It's very hard for that to happen right now when there are two lawsuits going on. So this is exactly what I said last episode. Um, there needs to be concessions made. Everybody on each side of the aisle needs to give and take a little bit. So, you know, Live Golf drops the lawsuit, PGA will let you play in some events, what have you. Um, and I, I really think that there could be um, an understanding and an agreement. Now, I think Jay Monahan might we have to might have to wait until Jay Monahan leaves for that to happen because he's made such a, a, a crazy stance. Um, he came out and said they've gone down their path, and I think we have been pretty consistent that we're going down ours. I don't see that happening. I think words and actions are important. I think it's impractical when you look at the fact that certain players have sued the PGA Tour, their employer has sued the PGA Tour. It's not in the cards. It hasn't been in the cards, and it's not in the cards. I think we've been pretty consistent on that front. So obviously Jay Monahan doesn't want an agreement with Liv. Um, but like I said, like Alan Shipnuck said when he was on the episode with us a few weeks ago, there could be changes in the future. Maybe Greg Norman's not the commissioner anymore. He's been so divisive talking about the PGA Tour. Maybe Jay Monahan isn't the commissioner anymore who's been divisive talking about Live Golf. Maybe two new commissioners come in. Maybe they settle the beef and maybe they come to an agreement. And I honestly think that that will be best for all involved. 
Now, moving forward, something interesting that I came across um, on the internet, on Twitter, what have you. Uh, it was saying the real reason why PGA Tour players are waiting to join Live Golf. Now, they're saying that the real w- reason some of these players, such as Patrick Cantlay, Hideki Matsuyama, yada, 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 the reason why they're waiting to join Live Golf is the official World Golf Rankings. Players that are not exempt into the majors like Cam Smith or Brooks Kepka or Dustin Johnson, you know, they want to be able to gain world ranking points. Like it says in this article, a number of interested players on the PGA Tour and a couple big names in particular are wanting to wait until 2023 to join Live Golf if they are to move at all. This is because they will have accumulated enough official World Golf ranking points that if Live Golf still doesn't have it sorted out by then, they will still have enough points to stay in the top 50 for the 2022-2023 season and be able to qualify for the 2024 majors. Uh, It also says the players and their agents are doing all the mats at the moment, and by going to Live Golf in 2023, they can still play in all four majors in 2023 and 2024, regardless of what Liv manages to sort out with the official World Golf Rankings. Now, we said all along that after the President's Cup, after this year is over, there's going to be a few other defections to Liv. Hideki Matsuyama, he has been the biggest name on the board that people are saying is going to Liv. Even so, that Shrixon has talked about paying some of the fee to get him on to live because with their agreement and and deal in place and partnership in place with the Asian tour live golf needs that big Asian star because the Asian market is huge it opens up a, a plethora of options in marketing and fan base and this and that and getting somebody like Hideki Matsuyama who is arguably the on the global scale, the international scale, probably the most popular golfer in the world. When you think about all the Asian fans out there, Hideki Matsuyama is probably the most popular golfer in the world, obviously behind, you know, Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson, or I would even say Rory or Spieth or JT at that point. But Hideki Matsuyama on an international, he is the, the most popular international golfer in the world and if live golf gets him that will be a huge get we also heard that Mito Pereira was going to come over after the president's cup i could see adam scott going over he's had a long-term relationship with greg norman um he's from australia they're going to be playing an event in australia next year and there's always been chatter between Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shawfley. Um, you saw the chatter about John Rahm. John Rahm denied that chatter. But you cannot help to think about the connection he has with Phil Mickelson, Arizona State, what have you, being great friends with Sergio Garcia. So, you know. I honestly think that come 2023, after, no one's going to jump on now, okay? Nobody wants to, especially now in the offseason, a lot of these golfers, this is time when they take a break. There's only two more events plus the team championship. Nobody's going to jump on now and fly out to Bangkok or Jeddah and and only play one event and then, you know, play the team. And honestly, Live Golf doesn't want to throw a stud like Hideki Matsuyama on, let's say, Team Torque and give them an advantage in the final event of the year. 
the way the roster is right now, I truly feel like that's how the roster is going to be until the Miami event, Miami event is over, the team championship, and then come 2023, after the holidays, January, before they kick off the 2023 season in February, there'll be some big announcements. Now, Liv also announced that they have made changes to the team championship. Now, the team championship was going to be a four-day event. The last day was the final round would have been a match play event between just two teams. You'd only have eight guys on the golf course. Now, supposedly, I heard rumors that the reason why they changed this is because, you know, Fox Sports wanted it to be a full day that final day. Who knows? But anyway, they changed it to three days. The way it's going to work, it's still going to be team match play uh, in the beginning of the event, which is very exciting. Um, Day one, teams seeded one to four will receive a bye. So we're looking at the aces, uh, majestics, crushers. We'll go over the team standings later. Um, But teams one to four will receive a bye. Teams 5 to 12 will compete in head-to-head match play. Uh, The highest-ranked teams will select their opponents. So the fifth-ranked team will get to choose who they play, so on and so on. Um, All 32 players will compete. Um, For each head-to-head matchup, there'll be three matches. You're going to have two singles match, one-on-one, and then one alternate shot match, one foursome match. So all four golfers will be playing. Um, The matches will be played until there's a winner. There'll be no tie, no half a point, obviously. And then um, the teams that will earn two points will advance into Saturday's semifinals. So once the semis open up on Saturday, teams seated one to four will join. Same thing, highest ranked teams select their opponents. All 32 players play. Same thing as well. Two singles matches, one alternate shot match, each match winning one point. Matches will be played until a winner. And then the Four teams earning two points will advance to the team championship on Sunday. Uh, The four winning teams on Sunday, now this is when it changes, they'll compete in a shotgun start round of stroke play. All 16 players will compete in twosomes with team captains playing together. And all four scores will count towards the team score. Now, recently... Up to this point, it's only been on the final day, the top three guys counting to the score on Sunday, not for the team championship. All four scores will count to the team score. And at the end of Sunday's round, the team with the lowest team score is the Live Golf Invitational Series champions. So the match play aspect of that, I love. You know that match play is exciting and to get match play going with this team event is even better. And honestly, I feel like the way they're going to, I hope that Fox Sports airs this for the final event because it can drum up so much exposure and so much excitement for the 2023 season that it would be the perfect type of, you know, perfect type of excitement to go into 2023 because honestly the match play the team format you're going to have the top guys you know the four aces are going to be there dustin johnson you know cam smith's going to be there so it's a very going to be a very exciting end of the year and a perfect way to cap off you know a pretty great first year for live golf now looking at the team standings 
right now. Obviously, the four aces are in first place by a large margin, 136 points they have. Um, They are currently 64 points ahead of second place uh, with the Stingers. Um, As you know, the aces have won four team events in a row, Portland, Bedminster, Boston, and Chicago. Stinger won one team event in London, the first event of the year, and they also came in second in Portland. Um, In third place, you got the Majestics. They have 57 points. They had two-thirds in London and Boston and a second-place finish in Bedminster. You got Bryson and the Crushers in fourth place, 56 points. You got the Fireballs with 37 points, Torque with 34 points, and Smash with 29 points. Now, I'm going to say this right now. Now, obviously, you know, Cam Smith's team punched 16 points right now. It's going to be hard for them to get that by, but you know what? You just got to be in it to win it. They can make some noise, you know, on that first day. The team that I would say right now, heading into the final round, into the final two events that live, I would say Talk and Smash would be two teams that I think could be dark horses to gain a buy. Because as we stand right now, you got the Aces, Stinger, Majestics, and Crushers to get a buy. You got Fireballs behind the Crushers by 19 points. Um, and... You got Torque behind them by 22 points and then Smash behind them at 27 points. But I think that Torque and Smash could make some noise the next two weeks just by the way they played last week. We saw Smash make a run at the Aces. They almost overtook the Aces. Chase Kepka played great Sunday um, in um, Chicago. And you also had... Yakim Neiman playing well for talk as well. So I think that those guys can make a run um, at the bye because at the end of the day, you really want to get that bye because you enter the second round. That's one. Anybody could get hot any day. So if you get a bye, you're better off. Now, looking at the individual championship, um, there's only two more events to see who the individual champion will be. Dustin Johnson leads in first, 118 points. Brandon Grace is second, 79 points. Cam Smith, third, 56 points. Charles Swartzel, fourth, 55 points. And Matthew Wolf is in fifth with 50 points. You can find all the standings at libgolf.com. It will break everything down for you. Uh, so go there if you want to you know, look even further than what I just went with you. But um, Live Golf Bangkok kicks off on... It'll kick off Friday the 7th in Bangkok, um, but that will be tomorrow night for us in the States, especially on the East Coast, because we got an uh, 11-hour time difference. So it will be exciting. You could watch some... I don't think they're going to... I don't know what time the tee times are, but I don't see them teeing off at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, So we can watch it here live at around 7 p.m., you know, you might be able to watch it late night. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the times. I haven't seen any tea times announced yet. But, hey, that's the art of having YouTube. You'll be able to log on and watch the replay, what have you. But it will be an exciting weekend in Bangkok. Um, the They've been talking about the course so far. They said that it's 
an amazing course. The field looks great. And um, everybody's ready to rock, man. And the accommodations for these players is amazing. Look at the Live Golf videos on their social media. You know, they're doing it big time, man. And the hotel they got the players st staying in, top-notch. The golf course is top-notch. The transportation to and from the course, top-notch. Live Golf is really taking care of their players, the caddies and the families. And it's great to see. But... Follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you listen to every episode. Rate, subscribe, review, tell your families, tell your friends. And uh, we will be back with episode number 10 in a week or two. And uh, enjoy the action this weekend. It's Digsy signing off for 54Live. Later.